So we'll be doing part two of the introduction to managing your anger, uh, which is a book by Neil T. Anderson and Rich Miller. Uh, and uh, after this, then we'll get into the actual um, managing your anger portion of it. Uh, everything, every evening, the sun will set on the unresolved anger of millions of people. The devil takes advantage of the opportunity and the Holy Spirit is grieved. Anger will never completely disappear from our lives this side of heaven, nor should it. There is a time and place for anger under control. Righteous indignation is a God-ordained stimulus for righting that which is wrong, but unjustified anger is the master of the defeated. If we desire to be angry and not sin, then we need to be like Jesus and be angry at sin. In this book, we want to expose the roots of anger and show how we can put away all wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Ephesians 4.31 Following the order of the above passage, Ephesians 4.25-27, which we read last time, we will be explaining three different categories of anger, which require three different strategies for resolution. Paul first addresses anger that arises from everyday circumstances. In the course of any day, something will happen that just ticks us off. This can be a combination of our own immaturity, immaturity worldview, and how well our faith is grounded in reality. The end of the passage deals with anger issues that have origins in the past. The second category has to do with old flesh patterns or mental strongholds and defense mechanisms. Every believer has a choice every moment to live by the Spirit or walk by the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22-23 The word patience is long-suffering. In Greek is makrothumeo, which is a conjunction of two words. Makros, meaning long, and thumos, meaning temper. The idea is slow to anger or a long time under duress before one gets angry. We shall see how critical the idea of control or lack thereof relates to anger. The deeds of the flesh include enmity, strife, outbursts of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and the like. Galatians 5.19-21 It is important to note that an outburst of anger is just one of many flesh patterns. It is our responsibility to overcome the flesh, 524, not just one manifestation of it. The world is in its present shape because of the original sin that separated us from God. There is only one answer to the problem of sin, and that is to be reconciled to God through genuine repentance and faith in Him. The tool we use to accomplish that is the steps to freedom in Christ which are being used all over the world to resolve personal and spiritual conflicts. We have to get beyond anger management, which is a means of keeping anger from erupting and doing harm to, to self and others, to remove the barriers between ourselves and God, allowing the life of Christ to work through us. Then we can have patience, uh, peace, and self-control, and God is glorified in our bodies. The fruit of the Spirit is a manifestation of God's presence within us. And we should note that everything we do should be to glorify God. The third category has to do with healing the wounds of the past and setting captives free, which is what Jesus came to do. Wounds that are not transformed are transferred to others. 
homes, work, pla- workplaces, and churches are full of wounded people who bounce off one another's wounds. There is a majority, a major difference between people who get angry and angry people. Some are like caged animals who are ready to pounce on the moment someone touches their sore spot. Finally, our goal is to present a complete answer to the issue of anger. The Apostle Paul wrote, The Spirit clearly says that in, a later, in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 1 Timothy 4.1 We can tell you from personal experience, as can all of our staff, that this is presently happening all over the world. We have helped thousands of people who are struggling with blasphemous, condemning, and deceiving thoughts that have proven to be a spiritual battle for their minds. By processing the steps, they were able to get rid of those things and experience a peaceful mind. Whether you are in agreeance or disagreeance with that analysis doesn't change the fact that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against uh, rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Ephesians 6.12 one of each of the seven steps are listed at the ends of chapters 2 through 8, and each begins with a prayer asking God to grant you repentance and leading to a knowledge of the truth that will set you free. See 2 Timothy 2, 24-26. We've also included discussion questions at the end of each chapter for group discussion. We believe that God is the wonderful counselor and the only one who can set you free. If you're processing this book, in a group, um, which you can pick this book up uh, on Amazon or uh, many other book site sources, uh, be assured that nobody needs to be embarrassed. The public disclosure is not required of anyone. The steps are an encounter with, with God, not each other. If you are leading a group study on this book, see the appendix. There's uh, appendix on page 213 that has guidelines and stuff, so you can reference that. Um, if you choose to purchase the book and study it yourself or study in a group. Uh, please, for your sake, don't just read the book, do the book. If you are dependent upon God and willing to repent, believe the gospel, you will be able to put off all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander, along with all malice. To illustrate why we believe that anger may just be the tip of the iceberg, read the following unsolicited testimony that we have received. They not only gave permission for us to share it, but encouraged us to do so, so that others may take similar steps. I'm sure that you get many letters from people, but I felt I needed to share our story with you. I also know that you have heard many sordid things in your years in ministry, so I will not hold back. Forgive me if I get too personal, but I think you need to know it all to understand the magnitude of what has taken place. My boyfriend and I met a little over a year ago. We were both in relationships and found each other online in the looking for an affair section. We started having an affair, and as we got to know each other better, we discovered that we had a lot in common. This was not a good thing. You see, both of us came from dysfunctional families with unhealthy religious backgrounds. He was raised in a Jehovah's Witness church in which he was molested by several men and women of the congregation, including his mother and sister, being at age six. Sex, deviant sex, was love to him. 
so he lived he lived his life in search of it. He is a sex addict. I grew up in a dysfunctional home and attended a very legalistic church. As a result of the neglect and abuse I suffered as a child, I learned that sex with and men would give me what I was lacking. I, too, am a sex addict. There are many stories and dark experiences we both have had as a result of this. There have been many same, there have been same-sex encounters, multiple partners and affairs, and involvement in sexually deviant, deviant behaviors too numerous to list. I cringe now when I think of what we both have seen and done as individuals and as a couple. Now add the rage disorder we both struggle with, the substance abuse issues, illegal activities, and pretty much every other bondage you can think of. We were a couple of train wrecks. Since we got along so well, we decided to leave our marriages for each other, destroying families in the process. So here we are, living our lives, doing anything and everything our flesh desired. The one day we had a conversation about church. We both had come from religious backgrounds, after all. It started out with a random thought, but then something changed. We both had a desire to go back to church. We found one we both liked, but the guilt and shame we felt from our lives made it difficult. I wanted to run every time the worship started. I got very uneasy and antsy. I heard voices saying that I didn't belong. I wasn't like these other people. I was filth. My being there would only make them dirty instead of making me clean. I would have negative and even evil thoughts towards the other people there. It was so unlike me. It went this way for a long time. I would go, but I would just shut down mentally as we entered the church, so I got nothing out of it. Then one day I remember the steps to the freedom in Christ. I had taken the classes years prior in church, but never actually did the steps. I figured attending the class was close enough. Anyway, I ordered Victory Over Darkness and the Bondage Breaker, but the Bondage Breaker came first, so we started with that. We were both having a hard time at first, but it was uh, a little harder for me. The day I knew Satan had hold of me was when my husband was trying to love me through one of the steps, and a voice, not my own, told me to hurt him. I could feel my jaw clench, my eyes narrow as the hate rose up in me. I had a little burning desire to harm him. The awareness in that moment that it was no longer me, but Satan controlling me was indescribable, and it scared me straight. Since that day, we both have surrendered to God. We completed the steps to freedom in Christ, all of them. We are attending church every week, have daily devotions, both together and privately. We pray and read the word. We have stopped all of the sinful behaviors we were involved in before. Our anger has subsided. People have actually commented on the changes. We have inner peace, and the noise in my head is finally gone. We have become involved in ministry and are working diligently every day to serve our Lord in obedience. We have a real passion for people like us now and want to help others find the freedom we have found. The changes to help others find the freedom um, that happened in our lives are nothing short of an act of God. Where we came from and where we are now makes me want to weep with gratitude, and I often do. The Lord is good and faithful. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Even people like us, he was waiting with open arms. So next time we'll we'll get into uh, anger and the physical health, uh, which is chapter one in this book. Uh, and I hope that you will uh, continue listening and uh, that you will get something out of this.